Welcome to Koinonia Podcast. We exist to engage the church with edifying biblical discussion that is relevant to our local church in our world today. Let's tune in in today's episode. All right, welcome to Koinonia Podcast. It's great to be gathered here with our wonderful listeners. Whoever you are, welcome. And I'll do a little introduction for myself and my, what are you, a co-host or something? Yeah, for now, I guess. Okay. I, I don't know what the phrase I, is. I don't know what yeah. we are. That okay. sounds right. <laughs> so we're just two guys with a microphone right yep. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Brent, and I serve as the lead pastor of Steel Valley Church located in beautiful Youngstown, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, my co-host, somebody with a microphone here. That's right. <laughs> uh, who are you? I am David Suarez, and I am a now graduated pastoral apprentice, not graduated from my grad school, from our apprentice program. You could probably go on and say, you know, your title, you know, you work with young adults. Yes, yes. I am the leader for the young adults ministry here at Steel Valley Church, and I love it so much. Mm -hmm. We go through the scripture, it's Thursday night, and go through theology nights, and up and coming is a QA and a night. Mm -hmm. That's really exciting. Very cool. I love those nights. Yeah, thanks for everything that you do to grow and uh, bring up, raise up the young adults in the faith. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure. Yeah. I yeah. thank God that I have a chance to do what I've always wanted to do. Amen. So, um, funny sidebar, we, uh, <laughs> I was just sitting here um, before we hit record, and David was, was on a, a ramble and a rant and, and literally thought we started the episode. And so he was, he was talking. I allowed him to talk for about 20 minutes before yeah. I, I said... You know we're not recording, right? <laughs> I, you see, here's the issue, right? When, <laughs> you just push a push a play button, and and David just goes. When when you put a microphone in front of me, I don't know why, but my brain just automatically thinks recording, recording, and and I just start speaking. It it's and this has been an issue since I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, my mom had a recording of me. Very quick uh, sidebar. My mom had a recording of me at a wedding when I was like three or four years old, mm-hmm. and she was recording me. And she said, "What do you think of the wedding?" And little David says, "Oh well, I love the, I love the eating." And she, you know, she has the camera, so I'm like yeah. aware that I'm being recorded. And she and she's like, uh, "I said I love the eating and the dancing, so fun. And I love dancing." And and the music's so nice. Just I keep love going. dancing. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And because <laughs> immensely as a kid, I was like, I'm being recorded, and I've been speaking for a long time. When people speak for a long time, that means they're praying. Therefore, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And <laughs> my family still talks about that video. That's they're like, great. why did you close in prayer? You didn't even start praying. I'm like, I don't know. You don't know. As a kid, I just thought if you speak for a long time, you're praying. Maybe we can close every episode from this point forward in Jesus' name. <laughs> <My> Amen. <laughs> you know, I haven't changed. That's funny. I, uh, you know, over funny. over 20 years later, and the moment you put something in front of me, I just start going. Just go. <laughs> just like an Energizer bunny. Yeah, just keep going and going and going. <clears throat> but I'm glad that you stopped so that we can officially start an episode here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. this isn't just starting an episode. It's actually starting a, an entire series. This yes. is an apologetic series, which is going to probably have at least um, 10 to 12 episodes related mm-hmm. to this series. And so this episode is going to be the launching point of uh, getting ready 
for our listeners to begin this this series well, mm-hmm. and so kind of like a, a primer for the series, if yeah. you will. And so the series is going to be all about apologetics, mm-hmm. but not only that, it's going to be um, talking about sp- like sharing the gospel to different cultures yes. and different beliefs. Yes. Um, and so there's a lot that goes into that, um, and being prepared for for anything is is sometimes um, the most helpful thing that we can ever do. Mm-hmm. Um, you never want to go into a war without being prepared. You never want to go into um, a, a sporting event without knowing the opponents mm-hmm. and everything like that. And so. That's right. um, Guess what? Our opponents of different faiths are preparing themselves to combat us yes. as Christians. And mm-hmm. um, these episodes hopefully will be like 20 to maybe 30 minutes tops of just simply getting you ready for that conversation with that either religious group yeah. or that cultural, um, culturally diverse group. Mm-hmm. And so this topic today, this episode is going to be cross-cultural engagements yes. and how to share the gospel across cultures. Mm-hmm. So without further discussing anything mm-hmm. now that we're recording David. Yeah. <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> officially <laughs> officially recording um how would you define culture mm-hmm. i would define culture as the set of practices or beliefs that a group of people hold to mm-hmm. that could be food dance uh the clothes they wear mm-hmm. but it's it's a set of practices beliefs or traditions that people hold to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, that are related to a people group. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. um, obviously, this this a culture is developed within an individual yes. from birth. Yes, it is. Right. Um, all through life, it's it's their reality. Mm-hmm. It's their perception. It's their perspective. That's right. They look through that worldview mm-hmm. of their culture. Yes, yes. It yep. is the lens, right? It's a lens, yeah. Uh, and there's nothing wrong... <laughs> With having a culture, right? That's a beautiful thing. We yep. thank God for the diversity of his creation. Yep. So there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, we all have a culture, so we can't escape it. Exactly, right? <laughs> like, it, it's inescapable. Yeah. But what we can do is correctly prioritize our cultures, yeah. right? Uh, because culture is identity. In a mm-hmm. certain sense, when you have a culture, you're identifying with a group. Mm-hmm. So then we have to say, all right, well, what am I going to put as my primary culture? Like, what's going to... What's going to be the culture I put before everything else, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some people say, uh, my ethnicity. I'm mm-hmm. going to put my ethnicity, especially a lot of critical race theory stuff, yeah. force a lot of people to say, yes. my ethnicity is the thing that's most important to me. Yes. Or where I was born, uh, or my economic bracket for some reason. Yeah. People feel that's, the need that's to... That's a thing. Yeah, right? Isn't that strange? You know, people feel the need to like identify <laughs> with it. I'm like... Well, well, I have less money than you. Well, I have more money than you. Okay. I got $10, $10 in my bank account. Yeah. And so that's going to affect my cultural viewpoint. Exactly. Strange. <laughs> strange, right? And then the weirdest part is people will put that, yeah. as strange as it is, will put that above their religious cultural yeah. identity. Okay. That's weird. And, and when I say religious cultural identity, I don't just mean the kind of cultural... Christianity you see like in the Bible Belt mm-hmm. where people are like I'm a Christian because my family's a uh, are Christian I'm like I I mean 
actually identifying with Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, saying my citizenship is not of this world, my citizenship mm -hmm. is in heaven, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and so there's a way to have culture that's meaningful yeah. and correctly ordered. Yeah. So you could say I am first and foremost in the culture of Christ. Yeah. And then everything else kind of gets yeah. corrected on the way. Mm -hmm. But the issue is that a lot of people got some pretty like disorganized priorities of culture. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a, that's, that's what we covered in, in a previous episode regarding like critical race theory and those yes. things when people are viewing and trying to interpret scripture mm -hmm. through a cultural lens, yeah. which is dangerous. You want to view yes. our culture through a scriptural biblical lens that's right. and to get that wrong is uh the epitome of of really straying off into just uh societal um disarray and, and yeah. even heresy chaos yeah, yeah that's right so yeah the the hope is that over the next several weeks that we'll be able to um talk through uh muslim you yeah know, discuss yes. muslims yes um one episode being what they believe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So really dissecting their culture, That's their right. perspective. That's right. Yeah. And then the next episode, another 20-minute episode, will mm. be how we approach that yes. and different verses that we can, we can chime into mm -hmm. that really reinforce what we're saying. Yes. Um, but anyway. then it comes down to the authority of the word, you know, and they'll be like... Well, who who put your Bible together? You know? <laughs> yes, um, that's right. But Muslims will be just you know we'll do two parts on each. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, we'll do Islam, we'll do Hinduism, Buddhism, yes. Satanism, mm -hmm. atheism, mm -hmm. and um, and actually continue into pantheism, New Ageism, yes. which yeah. will be sweet. That is interesting stuff. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll be busy in apologetics mm -hmm. in Koinonia podcast for several several weeks mm -hmm. and so hopefully you're you're ready as listeners um to to go down that journey with us yes and so we're actually going to have a a friend of mine a, a guest uh, on the on the episodes um he goes by the name of ed he'll be another guy with a microphone nice he'll be a nobody with a microphone just like all of us yeah that's right and uh but ed can uh i think ed will be able to bring a really good contribution to the conversation amen um between you and you and ed i'm just gonna sit back and drink a coffee while you guys talk <laughs> i mean it, it'll be my my uh my little siesta break there that's great but i'm just kidding that'll, it'll be a good discussion yeah. between us though i'm, I'm excited i think for so that. yeah so hmm. let's let's tease out one topic as we begin this conversation regarding about sharing the gospel across cultures. Yeah. So why does this matter? Yes. David, hmm. does, isn't it the power of God that brings about salvation? Mm -hmm. So why does it matter how I articulate the gospel? to different cultures. Yeah. I'm just going to say what the Bible says, and if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for them. If not, they're probably not elect. You know, yeah, like exactly. what I would say. Like, <laughs> I've literally heard that word for it. Really? Yeah. I All right. Have, yeah. So I'm glad that it's not too disconnected from our context, yeah. our culture. So why does it matter? Why does, yes. why, why our listener has a choice right now to continue this episode mm -hmm. or skip to the next one? Why do I, why do we want them to stay on this episode? Why does it matter? Mm-hmm. Well, Simply put, the Bible, again, we're Protestants, so I'm going to keep the Bible as the primary mm -hmm. uh, enforcer here. 
the Bible is quite clear that Paul and even Peter, actually in his letters, Paul uses the culture and logic and reason as tools for the process of pre-evangelism and later evangelism. Mm -hmm. Uh, Acts 17, for instance. Mm -hmm. Acts 17, Paul reasons at the synagogue as to why the Christ must be uh, crucified and then rise up three days later. Mm -hmm. It says he reasoned with them. Then the next chapter, it says he reasoned with the people, and the good Bereans went to the scripture. They didn't just take Paul at his word as an authoritative figure, yeah. like uh, some people in Roman Catholicism or Eastern Orthodox might say. It's like, just trust the apostolic authority. Actually, no, the Brians are uh, given praise and honor for going to the Scripture to see if Paul was correct. Mm-hmm. So it seems as though the Scripture enforces the use of uh, reasoning, and also Paul quotes Greek philosophers at times to say, even your own writers say, he yeah. actually says that in, in Acts, he says, even your own writers say mm-hmm. uh, this, and then he talks about the invisible God at Mars Hill, right? So if he's able to do that to help his audiences understand the gospel message, to remove a stumbling block, that stumbling block being culture, then why not do the same? Yeah. There, you know, there's scriptural mandate, scriptural acceptance of that method. Go ahead use culture yeah. in a way that makes it more clear to people yeah that helps them to better understand the message being shared right yeah so you know bible <laughs> that's what i would say <laughs> bible says so so i'm okay with it <laughs> that's, that's good enough for me yeah exactly yeah so yeah I, I think that that culture is naturally embedded within um an evangelistic approach throughout scripture mm-hmm. i i don't think that this is some something that we <clears throat> we can underemphasize or overemphasize. Yes. Sometimes people can overemphasize it and to a fault, yes. and they completely miss the power of God bringing to salvation. They think that Amen. it's their methods and their means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you use culture as a, a as a tool to bridge a, a relational and conversational gap to yes. a different person and people group, what you find is that the power of the gospel is truly carried out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, by way of building that cultural bridge. Yeah, that's right. And so it's a a balance between not overemphasizing, not underemphasizing. Yeah. It's the the issue of society in all different snapshots, you know? Yeah. And and I'd even say, you know, because a lot of people think, oh, how how could it be the power of God, but also method? Yeah. Um, We have the Bible. Yeah. Which is literally God working out through human instrumental means. Yeah. That is how God has universally, since the beginning, worked out his ways. Yes, he also does miraculous intervention of his own work, in which he directly manifests some great power, and praise be to God for that. But then he also uses prophets and teachers and preachers and apostles, right? Uh, And all the other gifts of the Spirit and other roles that the New Testament speaks of in the Old Testament. So... Yeah. If God wants to use instrumental means, yeah. if he wants to use tools and instruments, then let cultural apologetics be one of those instruments that he uses. Yeah. Who are you to say, oh man, that God yeah. can't do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I would say that. Yeah. So culture matters, and it needs to be considered when we're sharing the gospel with other people groups, different yes. cultures. Yes. So... Now I can 
I can pose a question mm-hmm. for discussion. Um, another one of, of how it, it can yes. tangibly look, yep. how it can matter, how it can be significant within um, a, diff- a certain people group. Um, I would imagine you, David, being through um, your academic training um, in your undergrad um, and even being uh, around different cultures at YSU and, and yeah. engaging within different different cultures. I think that you might have a really, really good um, example of how you can use culture tactfully to your advantage when sharing the gospel and understanding some important things about other cultures. What would those be? How, would, how does that look in some other cultures and maybe mm-hmm. what culture specifically? Yeah, yeah, that's a great yeah. question. Uh, I've found that a lot of cultures, uh, specifically my experience with Middle Eastern culture and uh, West Asian culture, you know, actually even Asian cultural in general, but I just have a lot of experience with uh, Indian students mm-hmm. and then also many other students that are Middle Eastern, right? People from Jordan and Syria, and, uh, you know, general area of Palestine and Pakistan as well. People are really focused on family. Mm. I'll say it like this. In many of my evangelistic pursuits here or in Columbus, when I ask people, for instance, I speak to a lot of Muslims, when I speak to Muslims over in Columbus and I'm with some of my pals, we ask them, why are you a Muslim? Very simple, non-invasive question. Why are you a Muslim? Then many people will say, well, my grandparents are Muslim. You know, and mind you, these are full-grown adults, like 30 and 40-year-old men that we're talking to. And they'll say, well, my grandparents are Muslim. My parents are Muslim. My wife is a Muslima, right? And I'll, I'll say, so the first thing that comes to mind is not that it's true, but that your culture accepts it, that your people yeah. accept it. And then they get, you know, sometimes more offended. They're like, whoa, 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 slow down. I'm like, no. I'm, all yeah. I'm saying is that the first thing that came from your mouth, right? I'll use the words of Christ out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. And so it just seems like the first thing that came out is family. Mm-hmm. So... You see this a lot in Middle Eastern culture and Asian culture, this idea that family is the major cultural identifier that actually is the cause of your religious identity. Mm -hmm. Even if they don't mean to, it just naturally comes out uh, because that's the truth. And so what you have to do is say, well, okay, so you care about honoring your family, right? And I I think that's respectable that you care about honor. Yeah. That's good. Uh, But... Have you considered the honor of God? Right? Mm-hmm. And and when you say honoring God, yeah. then they'll say, oh, well, I, of course I want to honor God. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, more than your family, right? And they're like, well, yeah, I suppose. And I'll say, okay. Okay, do you think it would be more honoring to God to pursue the truth or to pursue a lie? Mm-hmm. So, of course, almost everyone will say, well, of course, it's more honorable to pursue the truth. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, okay. What we should do then is try to see how we can know what's true. Mm. How can we know what's true about God? Uh, how can we know what's true about His words? Mm-hmm. Uh, how can we know what's true about Christ? Yeah. And what, what book gives us the most information about historical information about that individual Christ? Mm-hmm. In that pursuit using language like honor and, and mm-hmm. shame, yeah. people are a little bit more receptive. They're yeah. like, okay, you know, I, I, I want to honor God. Yep. Um, perhaps even more than my family, which mm-hmm. some people will actually struggle to say, mm. but but they'll get there. 
Yeah. So you recognizing honor and shame as a means to honoring God mm -hmm. is a good way to help them replace the idea that the most important honor is what you bring to your family. Yeah. Uh, other ones will have some difficulty. <clears throat> and other ones might say, why can't I honor both? And mm -hmm. I'm like, you can if they're in agreement. Yeah. But if they're not, then you have to choose one to honor. Yeah. And I, I would hope you would honor God first. Yeah. That's that's good. I th what you're mentioning with with honor and shame is is critical for I think listeners to be aware of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because in our culture, like sinner, um mm -hmm. wretched man, you know, all this stuff is like sort of like western stuff. It is. Um oddly enough. But in in China, um in other cultures like that, like it's honor and shame that will translate to other cultures much better mm -hmm. um, or clean and dirty. Yes. Um, I don't know if you can recall any other things. I, I have to like tap back into like undergrad studies. No, how that's, that translates, but honestly, honor, shame, really honor, shame is that, that is, like captures a lot. Okay. A lot. So that's something that you need to consider is how you're communicating gospel principles in a cross-cultural sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To just think that one size fits all and do your American way and wave your American flag over <laughs> another culture and say, well, if it's not good enough for you, I guess it's not the power of God that's going to save you. Yep. You know, okay. Like, let's, let's slow down a minute here. Paul wouldn't have said that. Yeah. Paul wouldn't have done that. Paul wasn't Paul American. constantly. <laughs> <laughs> a good little reminder for people. Paul wasn't an American. He wasn't? This nope. whole time? He wasn't marching from oh. New York to Texas. Oh, dear. Okay, well, I'm going to have to get back to, to the groundwork here of my theology. Yep. <laughs> so, I am <laughs> um, completely off track now, but... But you know what I'm trying to say he, he is... He considered is, culture. Is you got to consider culture. Yeah. Paul did it. Yes. We need to do it. Yes. It's part of argumentation. Mm -hmm. Good arguments are established and crafted around the opponents, mm -hmm. usually anticipating their counter-arguments. Yes. yes. And, and especially with cross-cultural, you want to speak in their language. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you want to re reference something... You have to know how to make those references. It yes. takes a little bit of time, and this is what makes evangelism tricky. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're doing these episodes. Yes, <laughs> yes. This it is, is not why. an. It, this is not a purely intellectual foray into the differences between Christianity and Islam. Just as like an intellectual exercise. Yeah. You, you know, we don't want to keep this just up here yeah. and be like, "Oh, you learned something new today." Yes. Uh, what What you want to do, God willing, is take what's learned here and actually be willing to apply it. Mm -hmm. Be willing to use this in conversation mm -hmm. and be willing to reach out to people and say, you know, uh, what makes the most sense to you? Mm -hmm. Figuring out what their foundation is and showing if that foundation works. Mm -hmm. And if you can show that their foundation works better with Christianity, mm -hmm. then you've actually done something really powerful. Yeah. You've said your framework, honor, shame. The funny thing is, your religion doesn't even work that well with your own cultural framework. <laughs> that's the, that's something that's really effective and sometimes Boom, for some people roasted. infuriating. Yeah. Um, for some people, they'll be like, wait a second, but if you show it, and yeah. I do believe you can with Christianity because I've, I've, I've done it, yeah. if you can show actually your culture is missing something, mm. 
because your culture desires this this fulfillment of honor and this uh, removal of shame. Mm-hmm. Here's the issue: the religious systems you have cannot actually fulfill the desi- the cultural desire you have. Mm-hmm. In Hinduism, the reason for reincarnation partially is the necessity of some reestablishment of honor amidst the shame you have, or mm-hmm. shame, among, you know, amidst honor. Right? You have to keep on going back, keep on going back, keep on living lives based off honor and shame. Yeah. Uh, Islam, right? It, even though it's in honor shame cultures predominantly. You cannot have any true honor because you can't know Allah because he's always behind the veil, mm. according to the Quran. Like, he's impersonal in a very real sense. Yeah. You never really know him, and so you never... You could have honor from your family, but will you ever truly know that you have um, honor and justification in the eyes of Allah? You mm. cannot. Yeah. The best friends of Muhammad, right before he died, said... I, 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 he's crying, right? This guy's crying, and he's, he's saying, I fear that... I cannot trust Allah even for my first foot in Jannah in heaven. Mm-hmm. He's saying, even if I put my first foot into heaven, I'm afraid that Allah will just change his mind and toss me out. Yeah. That's the best friend of Muhammad saying that, yeah. right? One yeah. of the leaders. Yeah. So your honor-shame culture just doesn't work well with Islam. But you know what your honor-shame culture does work well with? Christianity. Yeah. Because in Christianity, it yeah. it, it's, it's actually perfect. In Christianity, yeah. you could say... We are all shameful. Mm-hmm. We all have this clear inability to remove shame ourselves. Yep. But but there is a God who is personal mm-hmm. and who in and of himself has a son who is perfectly honorable mm-hmm. without any shame of his own, who mm-hmm. took on shame, yep. to use very explicit biblical language, yeah. who took on shame, so that we might have honor in his place. Yeah. So that we might be adopted into the family. Mm-hmm. Again, a lot of this honor shame culture is tied to family. Yep. So we're adopted into the family of God. Yep. Notice I'm using their language without even changing the biblical language. To explain substitution, to explain yes. adoption, to explain yes. all these theological principles that are, that are related the to the gospel. Exactly. Yeah. And so now what you've established is not just that uh, their culture works with Christianity, but actually that their culture desires Christianity mm-hmm. as the only possible fulfillment. Yeah. No other religion, this is this is a more emotional, mm. um, intellectual combination, but in a very real sense, no other religion has the effective power to fulfill a cultural desire. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that people have to understand. Your foundations are actually not the kind you need for your culture to work out the way you want it to. Mm. You need a foundation that's not built on sand. Mm-hmm. And who would have guessed it? Yeah. The only foundation that's not built on sand is one yeah. built on the Word of God, yeah. which we find in Christ. Yeah. So showing Christ as the fulfiller mm-hmm. of the empty, yep. the one who is when everything is not. He's the solution to a problem. To, to, to yep. a problem, and, yep. and the one who allowed us to even notice that there was a problem in the first place. Yeah. He's the one who allowed us to notice that in the first place, right? So, so if you show him to be the the true cause of of an efficacious sense salvation, mm-hmm. and also the need that is in the center of the human heart, our very being, mm-hmm. people are more receptive to that. Yeah, because they're like, oh my goodness, and it breaches cultural barriers. It does. Yeah. naturally. 
It's in, and yeah. so there's value to this. <clears throat> there is real value yeah. to using their language in a way that still affirms the Bible, of yeah. course, yeah. Uh, so that they can understand what we're even saying. Yep. Yep. So good. Yeah. Praise so God. Good. Yeah. You know, you're very intelligent about these, these various cultures, and I'm really looking forward to talking about it. Uh, maybe just to, to tease out some of the, the things um, that we'll be talking about and, and um, regarding how to share the gospel across cultures. I, wanted, I have this article uh, from the North American Mission Board, um, also known NAM. Uh, it's really quick. It uh, talks about five ways to share the gospel across cultures. Ooh. And um, the five ways are contextualize the gospel, ask a lot of questions. Yes. Three, displaying our faith in little ways, use visual resources, Mm -hmm. and love them like Jesus. Um, So going back to number one, contextualizing the gospel, it says when sharing with cultures different from ours, it's essential to explain it in a way that makes sense into their context, like you were just saying. Yeah, that's right. As long as the gospel remains the central message, we can help them understand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Number two, ask a lot of questions. It says, when we train missions, missions teams, um, mission teams, not both plural, (laughs) uh, we always tell them to ask the five Fs, and that's family and friends, festivals, food, future, and faith. These questions open the door to diving deeper and providing ways to clearly present the gospel, which is really cool to think about. Uh, Number three, displaying our faith in little ways. One of the best ways to start gospel conversations is by interjecting our faith into conversations and actions. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can tell our friends we, we will pray for them if they are hurting or mention something from a recent sermon. Yes. Um, number four, use visual resources. This is really important. So, hel- so helpful. So much. Uh, visual tools provide a great way to help yes. present the gospel message, whether it's the three circles or a movie like the Jesus film, which mm-hmm. is translated in, into like 2000 languages, mm-hmm. uh, or visual resources, uh, just provide a great way to, uh, ensure a clear gospel presentation. That's right. And then lastly, number five, love them like Jesus. It sounds simple, and it is. Mm-hmm. And the, the article continues, when we love radically and unconditionally as Jesus does, our words and actions look different to those who don't know him and people do take notice. Mm-hmm. Many gospel conversations can start when our lives reflect the Savior, not the world. Amen. So those are uh, wow. hopefully those are helpful ways that um, will give our listeners... Um, just some, some good groundwork. If this is the last episode that they listen to and they're, they're not going to be tuned in for the future, mm-hmm. um, they're not interested, whatever have you. Um, I think the most important way is the most important thing that we can communicate to our listeners right now is that we cannot do a one size fits all. Yeah. Yes. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. Amen. But anyhow, we have a one Bible that fits all yeah, they, sizes. That's right. Hey. Oh, I love that. That's right. <laughs> you must be a preacher. Or yeah. Yeah, those cool <laughs> statements Homiletic. that summarize the whole thing. That's incredible. <laughs> it didn't rhyme, but it doesn't need uh, to. It's, it's gotta be easy to remember. Yeah. You know. But let's let's cut this episode. We're just over about thirty minutes. So okay. um 
you know, it's, I, I'm really excited about this, this journey through different faiths. I Amen. really am. So Same here. Um, excited to have Ed. Yes. That's if so I, cool. if I speak at about 120, 130 words per minute, Ed speaks at like 160. Nice. And so, uh, we might have to slow the track down a little bit. So our note takers might be able to uh, <laughs> comprehend some of the stuff and, and take it really digest and take it in. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's going to be really exciting to introduce him on our next episode. So, Amen. so exciting until then. I guess we'll see you later. Yeah, God bless you all. This podcast is a ministry of Steel Valley Church. For more information on how to participate, visit our website at steelvalleychurch.com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in.